welcome 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 to episode two of the own the table podcast my name's Alyn and I'm Kayla and we are your host so today you guys um thank you for patiently waiting for this podcast um today we are talking about self-sabotage now I just want to quickly kind of define self-sabotage so we're all on the same page here so self-sabotage is when we actively or passively, whether subconscious or not, right, we take steps to prevent ourselves from reaching our goals. This behavior can affect nearly every aspect of our lives. It can be relationships, both platonic and re- and romantic relationships, our career goals, spiritual goals, personal goals, so on and so forth. So um, some forms of self-sabotage may be self-medication, drugs, procrastination, alcohol, stress eating, and interpersonal conflict. I am not um, an authoritative voice on self-sabotage, but I have been self-sabotaging for over 10 years, easy. Um, so that's why I'm, sp- I'm speaking from experience. Mm-hmm. I'm not a therapist. I'm right. not degreed in such topics, hello? but we will try our best. Hello? Right. No, I'm sorry. I, I got to stop saying hello. <laughs> I agree <laughs> with you, girl. I agree. Oh, you agree? I thought you lost connection. <laughs> no. Yeah, so I'm I'm not a I'm not an authoritative um voice on this, but we're gonna speak from experience. Um so I'll open the table up and ask you, Kayla, what is your experience with self-sabotage? With self-sabotage, I personally experienced it in three areas of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's as myself, mm-hmm. family. And w- within the workplace. So when you say self, you're saying like you self, like, because we're mm-hmm. all, in every aspect, we're sabotaging ourselves. So are you saying like you sabotage your relationship with yourself? Not my relationship with myself. I would get in the way. I would get, I don't know how to say that, but I would get in the way of the things that I want to do. Oh, and yeah. due to, um, Due to, how do I say it? Due to what's been going on in my environment. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, that does. I'll I'll elaborate if, you know, be brief. I'll be brief. Um, Go ahead, boo. I just think about, like, my experience with trying to dip into photography and create it as a business. And I was so, I was confident that I would get the support that I needed. But mm-hmm. it didn't go the way I wanted it to. So yeah. the support wasn't there. But I will say, like, my close friends, I can count them on my hand. And yeah. some people from my family, they were supportive of, you know, me starting out. But um, mm-hmm. I was so big on other people supporting me outside of them. I would just be like, well, people would tell me hey you should do this like you know do a event or Kayla you could do this and I'd be like nah I ain't gonna do that ain't nobody gonna support me self-sabotage but I had to to think about the positive I had that support but it was small my circle was small yeah it was my family that was helping me start out now the business side I'm gonna be honest I was a little scared about that because I didn't know I don't know about budgeting and 
even though I work in finances, which is crazy. Like when it comes to mm-hmm. photography, I don't know about um, you know, prices and hours and yeah, how to do all that. Starting business is a different world. Entrepreneurship yeah. is like yeah. Shout out to tw- yeah. the LLC Twitter because I've been learning a lot from them. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So I have a question. So mm-hmm. when you say you had like a support system, mm-hmm. but so was it? Did you allow yourself to stop because you didn't have have the support that you expected? Um, I think I stopped doing photography like seriously, seriously when I realized that I wasn't doing it for me. I will only move if I want to do something. I noticed like with yeah. people, they if you allow it, people will make you hate what you love to do. And and that's the fact that's all I had. That yeah. photography was all I had. Like, you know, I couldn't go back to dancing because I, my body's different now. I'm older. And yeah. that's, that takes time and effort and discipline. Mm-hmm. I don't have all that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm too old. Yeah. <laughs> so Aww. I'm trying to get on something. She's like 24, y'all. <laughs> it's like on record. She's 24. <laughs> my, Aren't you 24? My ID says so. <laughs> a baby. A baby. That's oh, how I feel. Like, I just feel yeah. like. I don't have no time, you know? Mm-hmm. So photography is all that I had, but I am, that, that's the, my only creative outlet. I, I can't sing. I can't, you know, I don't, yeah. that's it. And I did not yeah. want people to make me hate that. So I only do it yeah. for me now. Yeah. 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 I hear that. Okay. So I have a, okay. I want, I want to start off by saying this. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my views on self-sabotage are not as sympathetic. I'm not as sympathetic in terms of self-sabotage only because I'm a self-sabotager. Mm-hmm. And I only way that I know to like pull myself out of it is to not be hard on myself, but I don't know. I don't know. I I'm I don't know. Okay, so this is this is this is the thing about what you mm-hmm. said. And this is what I took away from it. When you said that you um, had a had a small support system, you know, people that you can count on your hand, mm-hmm. your close friends and some of your family. I think that self-sabotage is driven by fear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe that. And, and I believe that, you know, we can kind of, and I'm not saying that's not your reality, you know, mm-hmm. everything that you said, I believe that that's true to you, mm-hmm. but I think if we really looked at it from like a different perspective, maybe taking ourselves out of right. it, we can trace it back to to fear and self-doubt. Yes. Because when you said, um, you know, you're old, you're too old to dance. Mm-hmm. And although you kind of like brushed it off, it's like no, but you're only 24. Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't want to put right. in. I think sometimes we don't want to put in the work mm-hmm. to. I think I think that's another reason we self advertise ourselves is because we don't want to do anything outside of our ordinary. Yeah, I think. And I go think. Ahead, go, ahead. Uh, go ahead. No, no, go. You got the floor. You got the floor. Oh yeah. So I think we don't want to do anything out of out of our um out of our comfort zone, mm-hmm. and we make excuse. This is the thing. We get off so easy saying, um, not doing stuff because we didn't try, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But what do you do when you try and you fail? Mm-hmm. 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we spoke at one point, and I don't know if you want to say this on podcast. We can cut this out if you want to, but I, I remember you were talking about um how you fell when you was dancing. Oh, I don't mind sharing that. Yeah. Okay. So, like, well, you tell the story actually. Um, I did like cut one part out as to why. Okay. Like, what contributed to that? Not wanting to dance again. Um, mm-hmm. So, okay. I did mention that I fell and I was, it was the embarrassment of falling. And yeah. and I was a kid. And so, like, mm-hmm. I, I would place regret and I would blame others about, you know, not wanting to dance anymore. And then yeah. as I grew up and got older, I realized I've learned about, um, other dancers like for example misty copeland she started dancing at 13 usually when people i remember you telling me that right usually when people start dancing they're babies you know and they and Mm -hmm. i've always heard like you have to start young she didn't start young she started at 13 i mean yeah she was young but she was a teenager she wasn't a toddler yeah and so from that i learned like all the greats fall but they all got back up. And you mentioned yeah. that you mentioned that Beyonce fell. You know, that's a great girl. She a great I love Beyonce. <laughs> that's a great girl. I love and, Beyonce. And when she when she and I thought about this just off the top. I thought about how when yeah. she was about to fall at the Super She caught Bowl, herself. Girl. She caught herself Y'all, and got back up and kept going. And so Period. that I did not learn. You gotta keep going. But yeah, I found I was always creative, but found a different avenue, and that was yeah photography. Yeah. And I think, and also what contributed to that fear was other people. Like my uncle, he's a photographer too, as many know, and mm-hmm. he came to my recital. And he recorded it. He also recorded the part where I fell. And wow. and he, but it, it happened all of a sudden. I'm not blaming him for anything. It's just it is what yeah. it is. And so, yeah. um, I remember going to my babysitter's house where she used to. You know, we used to do dance and stuff over there too. And that's a story in mm-hmm. itself. Um, yeah. She kept replaying that part. She had like the clips were of like this concert we did. But then me falling my recital was with that clip. So, like, mm-hmm. when I fell, she kept replaying it. And I was embarrassed. And I kept reliving it. You know, they kept, you know, they yeah. thought it was funny. But I didn't find it funny. Yeah. It it discouraged yeah. me, really. Yeah. I didn't want to do it yeah. no more. And they didn't understand yeah. that. So, that, yeah. that's where. And that's <laughs> another thing, though, Kayla. <laughs> I do think, okay, so, like, with the same token <laughs> of self-sabotage being something internal at the end of the day, I do think that when you're dealing not only with kids, but creatives Mm -hmm. in general, let's just say people in general, but emphasis on creatives, I I feel like we have to be empathetic to their their space. We just have to be empathetic to that. You know what I mean? I feel like if we're around people that that when we fall in a metaphorical sense, mm-hmm. they don't take that seriously because they, they didn't, didn't go through they, it. Because they didn't fall, they don't have the bruise, uh-huh. they didn't feel the embarrassment. 
if you're around people like that, get away from them. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, don't associate with them as much and find a way if you can't control your contact with that person, find a way, all right, mm-hmm. to not allow them to influence yeah. you. Uh, to influence, you know, because it's because we're gonna fall. Right. That's the thing that people are afraid mm-hmm. of falling we're gonna fall you're gonna fail like we have to you can't be scared of being a beginner mm. you know i feel like everybody want to start it, they want to be a they want to be advanced and you know a pro you want to be advanced right. and that's not you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's like trying to climb mount everest mm. you know all at once <laughs> and you can't walk down the block without running out of right. breath. you know what i mean you have to start somewhere you know, when we did our first podcast, and, and that was actually, that's actually part of the reason why this podcast is late. Mm-hmm. So I'm like talking, but I'm talking to myself too. Um, I just felt like, you know, I felt like, man, I don't want to, um, I don't want to release, I don't want to release content that's not like up to par with the first, first one. Uh-huh. Right, but even like on our first episode, I'm like, this ain't up to par. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, but we're gonna put it out here. I like it. This is good for a first for a first episode. Right. You know what I mean? We have to understand like where we are in perspective of our journeys, mm-hmm. and like sometimes, and I don't want to say that, and let's not get it confused. Some people have been at it for ten years, and they may feel like they're not where they need to be, but they've been putting in the work. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a video, and I'm gonna post it on the um, uh, on the table Instagram account. But it's Jay Z talking about how being a creative, there's a knowing. Mm-hmm. You have to know that what you're doing is what you need to be doing. And if you don't have that feeling, if you don't have that good feeling, then you're not doing what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And you only have to be right once. You know, there's there's a certain level of, and like you said, Kayla. You have to be self-motivated. Mm-hmm. I feel like we we self-sabotage ourselves when we're doing stuff that we don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I also talked about that. Um, I was telling you about this not too long ago. There was a valid Victorian of our class, no, the class uh, prior to mine in high school. Right. And two or three, like two or three weeks before, no months, before graduation, she didn't know what she wanted to do with her life. But this... Y'all, when I'm telling you the work ethic of this young lady, all right, I mean, the focus, but she was doing everything out of fear of disappointing her mom, mm. you know? So I don't know where she where she is in life, but at some point, she's going to break down. She's going to have a breakdown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because she's doing it for her mom. If we're not... You're doing it for, and I'm not saying let's be people of self gratification and it's just me, 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 but you have to have some type of fulfillment. If that's serving Jehovah, then serve Jehovah. If serving Jehovah gives you fulfillment, then do that. If, you know, um, I don't know, a simple life gives you fulfillment, but you ain't, you know, pulling up in a Rolls Royce, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, don't let somebody else's expectation dictate what you're doing in your world. Hello. You know, because. Yes. At the end of the day, you gotta live this life essentially, in a sense, alone. Like every, like your life is your obligation. Your happiness is your obligation. You have control of that, and you have to 
understand that you know that person isn't satisfied with who you are a human being Mm -hmm. isn't satisfied with who you are that don't make or break you you know that's not the end of the world so you gonna go you know i wonder about that girl you know the that girl you know the valley victorian like what is she doing now you know and how is she feeling because like i i feel like i've been in that space too where you doing Mm. stuff to make somebody else happy but at the end of the day it don't matter how many accomplishments you get you do they're still not going to be satisfied because you can accomplish one thing thing. there then it's going to be something else well you need to do this you need you know like that because at that point they living through Uh you and I think there's a part of us, because you know how at the beginning, you guys, I said that it's basically past, whether it's um, actively or passively or subconsciously, um, you know, um, deterring yourself from your goals. Mm-hmm. I think that's a part of us uh, deep down in the subconscious for some people that we know that, you know, knowledge of self is the ultimate goal Mm. you know and i think that when we are doing something for clout Mm -hmm. we're doing something for other people's satisfaction i'm not saying that you know hey if i don't know if your husband likes your hair a certain way sure i mean like i'm not talking about the petty stuff i'm talking about life decisions Mm -hmm. i'm talking about long-term goals things that you have that are going to take an emotional investment um a financial investment uh, you know, you're going to have to invest your time, your soul, your energy into something. Those things, don't do it if you are not going to be fulfilled. Right. You're always going to self-sabotage. You're either going to self-sabotage or you're going to self-destruct. Period. Yeah. Period. There's this article that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> and it's from yeah. Berkeley EDU. And it brings out an example of people that are prone to anxiety they tend to be hypervigilant of like the signs of threat and mm. that doing stuff out of, you know, for other people that is, that could be mm-hmm. threatening to them. And I kind of feel like this article yeah. is on my neck. I ain't going to read too much, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that it's like the, the signs of threat will be, um, how do you say it? You know, living up to one's expectations and you cannot yeah. do that. You have to do what's right for you. You know? Yeah. You do. Like, and, you do. and I love not telling folks <laughs> of what my next move yeah. will be. Because I'm not living up yeah. to those expectations. We, you move in silence. Right. And I love right. that. Right. And it's like you fail in private. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. You can pick yourself up in private. And people not looking at you like, mm. It's all about understanding, like, it's all about having a healthy balance in expectations. Mm -hmm. And that's in relation to, like, other people's expectation of you. Mm -hmm. What's your expectation of people's expectations of you? And what's your expectation of yourself? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that third one, your your expectation of yourself is the most important one. And y'all, like, Again, I'm a self-sabotager, so I'm only speaking from. I'm glad you said what it. I know that to be true. <laughs> yeah, do you? I'm think... such a self-sabotager. <laughs> you self-sabotaging yourself. 
Yeah, I know I am. I was self-sabotaging myself earlier when I sent you that link. And I was like, okay, let's let's mm -hmm. go ahead and throw this up. And that's why I had to say, okay, we talking about it. Let's do it. Like, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Let's go ahead and just record. But this is the thing about uh, my relationship with Mm self-sabotage. I self-sabotage out of, and it took me a really long time to come to terms with Mm -hmm. this. I self-sabotage because I'm comfortable in pain. Hmm. And a lot of people don't want to say that. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge that. But that's just... So, um, there's a certain level of emotional pain that that I experience when I know I'm not... um, when I know I'm just sitting on like tons of like resting potential, mm-hmm. when I know I want to do something, it's on my heart. You know, my intuition is pulling me in that direction, but I'm afraid to be great. Whoa! So I'm like in this, it's it's like this inner turmoil, this internal conflict. But I feel like I've been there so mm-hmm. long that I'm okay with it. I'm okay with being like in feeling feeling that amount of pain because and. That's where understanding who we are at a mm-hmm. very, um, like, just fundamental level comes into play. Because I understand that psychologically, and this is no, again, when I talk about my parents, I'm not pushing anything on them. I'm just, again, speaking from experience. Right. I, I understand, you know, that that's the behavior that I saw growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents just sitting on resting potential, not living up to their full potential, mm-hmm. okay with being dissatisfied, okay with um, being mediocre, wow. okay with, you know what yeah. I mean? I, I'm keeping it a buck 50. You know, I feel like my family could listen to, to this right now and be like, no, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, no, that's true. Like, I, I could have did more. And we just get comfortable. It's kind of like, the best way that I can kind of explain it to somebody who hasn't experienced self-sabotage, it's just like being at a job that you mm-hmm. hate. Not even hate, but say your heart not if You don't love it. Yeah. Right? You don't love it, and you kind of dissatisfied with it, though. But it right. pays the bills. But it don't even pay the bills like that. You still struggling. Mm. <laughs> you still struggling, but the bills are being met. Some way, somehow, even if you have to, even if you have to ride Peter to pay Paul mm-hmm. every single month, your bills getting paid. So you don't push yourself to ask for a raise. You don't push yourself to find a new job. You don't push yourself to live a simpler life so you can live within those means to relieve some of that mm-hmm. stress. But you're okay with doing what you're doing because you know you can survive in it, not thrive in it, but survive in it. And that's my relationship with self-sabotage. I feel like, for me personally, the way I push myself out of self-sabotage is by proving to myself that I can Mm. do my new things. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I have to prove to myself that where I'm at emotionally and mentally in that current space, that I'm still a productive woman. I can still do things. And that might be as simple, y'all. Is getting up and making my bed. Yeah, you know what so I mean. Because and then another mm-hmm. thing, hmm? I was just gonna say like that. That makes me think about the saying, you know, just do it, or you know, 
with Nike just do, just it? do no. it? No. You that's easier said than done. Because it's a lot that goes into yeah. just doing it. <laughs> it is a lot. It is a lot. And that's what I was just about to say. It's like just do it, mm-hmm. but it also plays a uh, it also that's a multi-layered statement when you're dealing with things emotionally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When you might not feel like it's now I'm not gonna say not feel like yourself. I just just posted that type you of can't the say you But when you're yourself. not feeling comfortable, <laughs> yeah, because you feeling. But when you're not feeling up to par, mm-hmm. or when you're depressed, or when you're in a very low space, mm-hmm. or maybe you're just numb, that's really difficult to say just do mm-hmm. it. But I think even underneath the depression and the numbness and the emotional detachment, you know, there's at the end of the day, there's a root cause for what you're doing. And that depression, that numbness, that emotional detachment is a byproduct of what's at the root Mm -hmm. of the situation. And nine times out of ten, nine times out of ten is self-doubt and fear. Yeah. if you're self-sabotaging nine times out of ten, that's yeah, what Yeah, you is. know, fear can leave you paralyzed, too, because I, I think about, mm-hmm. like, animals. I think of deer, because all we got out here is deer. <laughs> and when a yeah. deer sees an oncoming car, its brain is, it yes, and it thinks, it's like, okay, it, it's that fight or flight. What you gonna do? Yeah. It's either they gonna get hit, just sit or they gonna run. Yeah. And that, I think that's, like, yeah. with us, when we detect this is from Erin on Demand. When we detect mm-hmm. fear, our okay, our brains can do that for us. And when it knows that mm-hmm. we're like about to stress out over something, we go in a fight or flight mm-hmm. mode. And I know it's self sabotaging. Yeah. I go in a flight mode, but I'm also, I think my flight mode is like procrastination and sitting on an idea yeah. because I want the execution yeah. to be flawless. And that's how I mm-hmm. felt like with this, <laughs> with the with the podcast. Yeah. I you told you mm-hmm. you brought your idea to the table, and I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. But then I was like, ooh, the podcast. What goes into yeah. that? How do you do it? Yeah. So that that was my flight mode, yeah. and I think for as creatives, we got one or the option, fight or flight. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, and, or just stand there and, and go through the belly of the beast and be killed by our own goodness. That happens sometimes. Yeah. Some people let their creative identity yes. die. Oh my goodness. I feel like I was doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. do you feel like even the stuff you deal with emotionally, you could you put that pain into something creative? Um, so if I'm talking about creative, just in terms of maybe like a somewhat unconventional form of self-expression, sure, sure. But I don't ever want to, if I'm in pain, I'm like one of those people where I, I thrive creatively if I'm doing well, which is not often. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I know. (laughs) I know that's crazy to me though that I think that's beautiful and like you said um when you told me that somebody said you know something along the lines of we feel pain the majority Mm -hmm. of the time 
So it's like a gift to be able to turn that pain into something oh, creative. Because people yes, relate that with was that, that podcast more than I was joy. Listening to. So it was um Angel mm-hmm. Hayes and she was talking about how for her music and her creative outlet, she can't she can't write about happiness because it's not relatable. Everybody's not happy yeah. all the time. So what she can do, exactly, what she does is write about pain because it's a relatable feeling and it promotes creativity for her and for me too. And I don't understand why. And it's weird. Yeah. And it's probably imperfection. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think being imperfect, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, sometimes a a glitch can be a, not a good Mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, sometimes something mm-hmm. can glitch and it but by glitching it did what you wanted it mm-hmm. to do. I think that certain things about our imperfect state, um, like for for your for in your case, is not only being subject to painful situations, but being able to feel pain emotionally. Mm-hmm. It's like the positive in that glitch is that you can turn it into something wow. creative. You know? I think like for a lot of people though. Um, whether, and, and I, and I want to kind of like include everybody else real quick. If you're not a creative, it's just about finding mm-hmm. an outlet, you know, um, for me personally, when I, my outlet isn't uh, creativity, but when I really started strengthening my relationship with Jehovah and prayer, wasn't just something that you do, but I felt like I was being heard mm-hmm. that helped me. But even then, even then, there's times where I know prayer can be enough, but it don't feel like wow. enough. You know? So sometimes I just need to, and I'm not worrying about a poem. I'm not worrying about a story. I'm not worrying about it sounding good, looking good, so on and so forth. Sometimes I just need to write mm-hmm. it down. You know, sometimes I just need to talk it out. Sometimes I talk to my, I'll like look at the wall and I'm just like, you know, I'm just like, verbally express you gotta hear yourself mm-hmm. hear myself talk through I have to hear myself you know and I think um it you know I feel like stepping outside I think there's an ex- and seeing what's going on could ha- helps you you know yeah and like you said you you are you asking me or are you, are you I'm just thinking like about you it 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 does it stepping outside yeah. it's like stepping outside of yourself you know like you said you you gotta hear yourself oh uh, stepping outside yeah, like, of myself okay i'm thinking you're saying like going outside oh, like, no. fresh air <laughs> like you said you have okay to you gotta hear yourself talk you know yeah th- th- like yeah. to get out of it you know that that yeah. helps you to get yeah. out of it it does and i'm in um for like all the listeners I am very pro-therapy. So um, my therapist told me that I'm a, I, res- I try to resolve issues before I feel like mm. the issue. Before I like ex- fully experience the issue, I try to resolve it. So I feel like sometimes um, if I know I'm like going into a really like spirally place emotionally, I'll like try to catch myself. You know, but sometimes it happens. Um, and that's the thing, and, and that's another thing, like, about the 
again, the, the human experience of feeling, if we're not feeling something, that's a big warning. Like, because we can go so low and not mm. even notice it. I feel like if you're in a lot of pain, you can at least understand where you are emotionally. Even if you are at a very low place, you understand you're that low. I think one of the worst things that we can do is, is go mm. numb. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At that point, nothing else. You're not logical. You're not. You're not. You just like nonchalant, you know. There. Like, you're barely. You know alive what that's called. That point in like your body's alive, but you're not. You're not present. You're not so present. So I think I've called? been in that space before, but I call it oblivion because I. Mm. It's this song by Mac Miller called Self Care. And towards the end, it's like mm-hmm. a uh the the how do you call those like songs like the the beat change, but it's like a different song at the end. And in the song, he's an interlude. So. I think so. I think it's an interlude at the end. And he talks about how he was stuck in oblivion and he didn't know. And it it's it's like he didn't know what was going on around him. He didn't even know about himself. Yeah, like you just feel like yes. you're moving through life. That's what I called it because yeah. I was there too. I was in oblivion. And once I found yeah. out, I was like, wow, that's what that is? I never went back to it and yeah. don't know how. Like, <laughs> I feel like... That is the most uncomfortable yeah, place to be in. because you're like... That is wonder, so uncomfortable. So for you, I wonder if... Are you just very, very self-aware? Like, you know, whoa, I'm stuck I'm in this place you know the weird place or does it take somebody to tell you like hey Elaine you not like you you know you are you okay like um I'm one of those people where and I, I think this is a, a positive and a negative thing I'm one of those people that um I can't turn it off and on because if I'm if I'm in a place of despair I'm, I always mm. feel that but I can hide it very ooh, well. Ooh, and they, these are the people. So no. Like my my immediate family, and I'm extremely close, extremely close to my immediate mm-hmm. family. Um, they wouldn't know unless I actively told them, like, hey, listen, I'm going through yeah. a lot of emotion. Like they're aware of um that I struggle mm-hmm. with my mental health because I've been pretty vocal about it since I was a pretty young child. That's good. But um, most people like think I'm bubbly, and I don't. Know. I, these okay for um, our listeners. Example: These are the friends, the strong friends that you need to check up on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I, you know. Yeah, yeah, really, just, no, that's that's like true. You, that's you true. Checking up on you know me and other people and trying you know do different things but we gotta check up on you sometimes that's it's not fair i think i think the thing about being a strong friend though i think that's where we kind of gain our strength in a sense it's like yeah it's like for and i don't know like y'all could tell me how y'all feel about this listeners but it's like for me when i'm checking up on somebody i don't it Mm -hmm. it doesn't numb the pain but it 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 distracts me mm, from what mm-hmm. I'm going through, but it does kind of add to the pain that's yes, never reciprocated. I it's kind of weird, 
But it's kind of like you got to do whatever you got to do to get to the other side. And when I mean other side, mm-hmm. I mean next moment. I mean next day. I mm-hmm. mean. So there's this post. There's this post that I wrote um, last year around Mental Health Awareness Month. And this is what I um, wrote. I said, once you really understand the things that occur outside of your own circumstances, whether it's in a third world country or down the street from where you live, um, you begin to sympathize with those who struggle mm-hmm. with the thought of enduring it. It's unreal the number of people who struggle with suicidal thoughts. It's unreal the chances that there's some of the people that are dearest to you. And it's even more unreal that it's almost destructive to believe that you won't experience those thoughts at some point in your lifetime. These are critical times that are very hard to deal with. The internal struggle is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of prophecy fulfillment. But soon there will be a time of um, where there's no more pain, mm-hmm. outcry, or death, including that of which is self-inflicted. So hold on, you matter. Hashtag check on your strong friend. I wrote that mm-hmm. about a year ago. And this is the thing about um, being mm-hmm. in like a really low place emotionally. And, okay, this thing about being in a really low place emotionally Sometimes we have to understand that mental health is so personal and um, subjective in a sense that we've almost created this idea that a cry for help is like well, oh, a cry for help yeah. is a cry for attention. And it's not the same. You know, I think what you could do more so not not mm-hmm. you Kayla but just like people in general include myself instead of necessarily checking on the strong friend just try to like actually be right. a friend in terms of understanding like how that person acts when they're like under, understanding like okay mm-hmm. the energy's off you know what I mean okay she's not as talkative he's not as um happy as he or maybe he's like mm-hmm. a little too happy and that's not to say to be down like somebody's throat at every little I mean sometimes maybe you don't feel like talking maybe you're in a really good mood maybe something's bothering you but nine times out of ten before we lose somebody um through suicide we have warning signs Mm -hmm. that we just aren't we aren't um I wouldn't even aware of but that's crazy that we're not taking the time to be to become to become familiar with those things when it's so common. Every forty Can I share, seconds, like a personal experience, and it's not to yeah. put this person down. If they do listen to this, I don't. I don't think they are. But I had a friend like mm-hmm. that that would jump to that would be like his only conclusion, like. He got to kill himself to end the pain. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. and he will, you know, talk about it and say, you know, I think this is the proper way because one, he felt like he was, and I, I kept, I kept observing him, you know, like, why is he jumping Mm -hmm. to this? So he would, it, it could be something family related. He would feel like a burden. Mm-hmm. and he in life just hit you know life would just hit him something would go wrong and and it's like for yeah. him I, I had to keep reassuring him of his purpose here like 
I wouldn't be like I yeah. would if I didn't meet him. I wouldn't have tapped into my creative side again, you know, because he's a he's an artist. Mm-hmm. He paints, and the like mm-hmm. the craziest things he's met the people that he he look up to, like through his paintings, like Erica Badu, and um, I love oh, Erica, and and just so many others that he look up to. Yeah. And it's like, and you want to do that, you know? But I'm not in his shoes, yeah. so I don't know. And I, yeah. I don't, I don't understand. Honestly, I still don't understand why, because I honestly see greatness, you know, in him. He just has to. Yeah. I know I don't, I don't want to say what he has to do, but I personally see greatness, you know, that could come out of him, and he yeah. can share his story to help other people. I think to in order to mm-hmm. be comfortable, I think the people around you have to make that you have to create a safe space for them so they're comfortable enough to come to yeah. you because from what I uh, see, every time someone like on TV for an example, every time someone talks about killing themselves or self-harm, they direct you to a number. What do those people and I don't know what yeah. those people do because I personally never called that number. I, I don't mm-hmm. how do they get you you know talk you out of what you're thinking and I've always wondered like for other people how do you talk someone out of that state you know the, if they're deep into it because yeah. for my friend for example that's my friend you know and I, I I've known mm-hmm. him for seven years so I know I knew nothing yeah. I don't want to say I knew what to say to him because that that just sounds like I don't care. But mm-hmm. I had to keep reminding him of how great he was. And if he was not here, yeah. I honestly feel like I it would have been a lot for me if he were to yeah. go through with that type of act. And so like yeah. mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. I, I think with those hotlines the only people that call those hotlines are people who feel like no contact in their phone wow. wants to hear what they want to, what they have to mm. say. You know what I mean? I think that for a lot of people, um, suicide is the last resort. Um, I think it's like one of those things you contemplate when you feel that you've exhausted all of the resources, when you've like screamed mm. at the top of your lungs for so long and like you're losing your voice and nobody has turned their head to see what was wrong you know um I feel like you know people just want to be heard people want to people want to feel felt you know when you lose that I, I know I keep going I sound like a broken record but when you lose that that human experience y'all of feeling you are in such a dangerous space emotionally like you are irrational you would do anything to feel again you know when you are numb that is below Mm -hmm. hurt and there's a lot of people walking around day to day going to work, functioning, being mothers, being sons, being daughters, being being husbands, being wives, being fathers, being siblings, being best friends, and they're numb. And they're just moving through life. 
on autopilot, not feeling anything. And you can only not feel something for so long till you don't feel mm-hmm. like you're alive anymore. You know, I think, and that's why like mental health awareness, yeah. like emphasis on awareness, being aware mm-hmm. of where we are mentally and where other people are mentally. You know, and there's a lot of like reprogramming we have to do mentally to get to mm-hmm. that space. And I think that's another reason why a lot of us, especially to in the black shade, community, just how I feel. Hello, in a black community. <laughs> no, I'm gonna right? say it ain't no shame. Hey, this is facts. This ain't this ain't no shame. I love us. I love us for real, like Monique. <laughs> I, but I feel that I do. I really do. I love us, y'all. But I feel like we have been um, put in a place where we couldn't feel mm-hmm. for so long that you know we don't we don't want to we don't want to feel. You gotta, y'all. We have to be okay with mm-hmm. crying again. That was at some point. I don't know. I don't know if we. I don't. I don't know if we're, we haven't felt this way collectively since prior to the day. We uh, started being ripped off the shores of mm-hmm. Africa, but we have to get back to being able, feeling comfortable with being in touch with where we are emotionally, and yes, mentally. I believe that. Okay, I, we have to become more aware of um, how this system, um, different social constructs have. Um, are systematically Mm -hmm. keeping us numb. You know, the foods we eat can numb us emotionally. Yeah. All right. I feel like, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on. All right. A lot that will really get me like off topic of, you know, like set up for us to fail. You know, this podcast, it's a, it's set up for us to fail. All right, the system is trying to exterminate us, and we just have to, and not just the black community, but um, just people in general. But but I can only speak from a black from a mm-hmm. black experience. You know what I mean? And you know, my family, not all my friends are, but majority of my friends and all of my family are black people. So I see up close and personal how we don't talk about our yeah. emotions enough. Nobody's talking nope. about that at the cookout. Or, but then we go home from the cookout yeah. with our, yeah. our go plates <laughs> and our and our sadness and our go plates and our sadness. You know what I mean? But that, that makes you know? sense because it's like, I, from my experience and what I've observed, I honestly feel like people will see you and listen to you if you act out. You know, like you you do something. Oh my goodness, Kayla! Like I have, I and felt this that. isn't this isn't to talk. This is a, a safe space for me, and I I I want to bring awareness to this. And some people know, like my uncle, he deals with depression. He is very creative too, mm-hmm. by the way, because that man could cook his head off. So he girl, come on now, girl. So yes, yeah. we love to see it. We would love to taste it, though, but we, we, we love to hear about it, too. I've, I've lived with him, and I would see what would yeah. trigger him. And I noticed, mm-hmm. like, and it's, I think this is just a thing, you know, like, and I don't want to put it just on the black community, but this is just 
you know, within my family, I've seen like, yeah, he's down. My uncle is down, but we brush it off yeah. and we throw, you know, brush it under the rug. We don't say, hey, yeah. And I don't know if anybody ever yeah. said you need, you might need to go to therapy, you know, or you need help. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And I just feel like. With him, I got worried that he was going to do something that will affect all of us, you know, and that's yeah. the way we're going to yeah. listen that we're going to and because it hit home. Yeah. Now we're going to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and personally yeah. speaking, like when I'm going through something, it's like. I got to tell myself, all right, Kayla, you, you need to calm down before you act out. Because when I feel like yeah. people aren't, I'm, I said what I said, and people did not listen the first mm-hmm. time, I naturally, I'm going to act mm-hmm. out. But I'm not going to act out. It's going to be subtle. Like, I'm going to come around, but I'm not going to yeah. say anything. You're not going to, like, verbally no. act a fool, yeah. but you're going to, like, act out I, of, yes. like, yourself. And I've done it before where yeah. I've, I've, like you mentioned earlier, just going through life numb. And yeah, that's not the way to live. Like we have to do better, you that's know. Not, that's not, and it's not me saying like, and I'm sure mm-hmm. like you too. It's not we're not saying we need to that yeah. we can resolve mental illness in the yeah. system. That's not what we're saying, and we're not saying that you know this type of thing is only going on in the black community. You're just listening to two black women yeah. and we can only talk about like the community, you know, what we experience. But um I feel that if we are more connected, united emotionally and mentally to the best of our ability of what we can do in this imperfect system and in an imperfect state, it would help while we're here you know in the meantime between time Mm -hmm. let's listen to each other in the meantime between time let's have these conversations of what we're enduring you know for the time being and um yeah i i think both of us that's just kind of you know would you say that's accurate kayla uh yeah (laughs) okay guys thank you so much for listening to episode two of on the table We just wanted to leave the table with some encouraging words. So here they are. Practice not comparing your path to others and focus on your own path. Be thankful for the opportunity you have to shape and create your life. There's so much beauty in that and it gets drowned instantly the millisecond you start comparing your life to someone else's. I'm your host, Kayla. And I'm Elaine. Live light and love heavy. And be blessed. See you guys next time at the table.